everybody. Hope you're doing absolutely amazing on this fine day that you are listening to it. I was going to say today's date, but that won't matter because you'll be listening to this in the future. So uh, today is hopefully going to be a quick one, but who knows? I'm probably going to go on a tangent and then do some shit. So as soon as I said so, I was like, Tinil's going to bitch slap me. I know it. She's just going to wind up her backhand and she's going to be like, what did I say about how many so's that you're going to say? Anyway, any, let's say, let's say any, because I know that's her favorite. Okay. 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 So today, <laughs> off to a quality start already. Today's topic, we are going to be going through the high days, low days, over-restricting, binging, that cycle and how it all works out in the end. I was having a client call with, obviously, a client but with someone that struggles with uh, the binge restrict cycle and particularly getting to the point where it is an eating disorder and it is a little bit of a, I have to under eat, I have to do these things because that's where worthiness lives, which we all logically know is complete shit, but moving through that emotionally and being able to connect them are completely different stories. So the big thing that comes from this, or like I suppose from that chat, it was going to be a TikTok, and then I was like, "No, nah, you know what? This is um, this is a podcast episode." So, <laughs> suck it with the sorrows. This one is just going to be explaining how the actual shit that the body is going to work if you do go over your calories. I've spoken about it heaps of times before, where if you do, if you are in a calorie deficit and you do go over your calories, almost next to nothing is going to happen. It is not going to ruin your progress by any means, like whatsoever. You're not going to ruin your process or you're not going to ruin your progress by going over your deficit calories because as I adjust my goddamn camera that's right in front of me, oh, that's terrible, because if you were to, how do I say, if you were to burn 2000 calories during the day, I'm going to use the same example. If you were to burn 2000 calories during the day, you would need to consume 2000 calories in order to not gain or not lose any weight. That's your maintenance calories, right? So fuck, stop saying it. (laughs) If you were to burn 2000 calories a day and you also consume 2000 calories a day, you're not going to lose weight. You're not going to gain weight. The tricky thing with this is that the way that the metabolism is, I suppose, positioned is that it changes every single day because it is adaptive based on what you do because your metabolism is built up of multiple processes. It is going to be uh, age, weight, height, fucking lean muscle mass, uh, like in terms of figuring out your maintenance calories. It is going to be lean muscle mass that you have on you is going to help with your metabolism. And it's one of the biggest things that actually does help you increase your metabolism, which is why I'm always preaching, get to the gym, build some muscle, be strong, do that because over time we're going to build muscle and we're going to put more metabolic tissue on your body, which is going to increase your metabolism. So then instead of being in a calorie deficit at 1200 calories, you're going to be in a calorie deficit at potentially 17, 18, 1900 calories, which is exactly what a lot of my clients end up do doing. And quickly on this as well, your metabolism your maintenance calories are usually a lot higher than you think. If we can take the long approach and draw this process out and you just don't even worry about nutrition, you just go to the gym, lift heavy shit, focus on getting strong. You do that for a year. You're not going to see results in two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. You might start to feel a little bit stronger and start to see all those things, but compound those results over a year from 
week one, day one, to week 53, day one, your metabolism is going to be so much fucking higher than it was previously. And all that you did was go to the gym and lift heavy shit. And you just did that four or five days a week. Didn't even have to be super impressive at the gym. You just went there and focused on being a little bit better every single week, not every single day. You don't have to be better every single day. It's progressive overload. You can take your time with it because it's progressive, because it's super progressive. So the thing that I really want to get across in this podcast is that, first off, your maintenance calories are usually a fuckload higher than you think, because as soon as we see that two at the front of the calories that we should be eating, we freak the fuck out and go, no, 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 2000, whatever it is, is way too many calories for me. How do you know that? If a fitness professional is saying, hey, eat this many calories and this is what you should be on based on all the measurements and metrics that you're giving me, and this happens all the time, I say, hey, go and eat 1800 calories, do this, do this, do this, eat 2000, whatever. People go, oh, that's, that's too high. That's too many. I'm like, okay, what makes you say that? Oh, uh, it's just too many. Okay. Why? Like, do you have a reason as to why it's too many? Like, oh yeah, I usually lose weight pretty well on 1400. Like, okay. So why do we still need to lose 20 kilos? Uh, like to fucking got you on that one, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, right. Because 1400 calories. Yes. You lose weight on that pretty well. Fucking anybody would because it's 14, often 1200 calories. Anybody would lose weight on that. It's a fucking given. But if we're looking at how you're going to balance this out, and this is going to come full circle with the title of this podcast, if you're to balance out the incredibly aggressive dieting with the binge cycle, the calories usually end up equaling out to put you just in a either maintenance or just a slight surplus. So if we had 1200 calories a day for, and I'm, I'm just going to throw arbitrary numbers out there because I cannot be bothered doing the math. I probably should have. I'm going to get a calculator up super quick just in case, because I know there's going to be some people out there that are like, that's, that, that's not right. But anyway, these are all just arbitrary general numbers. I'm just trying to get the principle and the concept of this across rather than being incredibly super accurate with it. Accurate with it. There we go. That's a word. We're on the ball. We're killing it. Go you, Trav. Thanks, Trav. With this, if we do... 1,200 calories a day. 1,200 calories a day, losing weight, fantastic. But you're also sleeping like shit, feeling like shit. You're not recovering from the gym. You're not exactly happy. You're feeling a little bit more agitated and bitchy than normal. And your partner's going, what the fuck is going on? And you're like, don't fucking talk to me. I kill you. And it's all good after you have a little bit of a donut. And we're like, okay, sweet. Well, food is the, food is the issue here. If you're to smash yourself with 1200 calories, stick to that as best that you can be incredibly low calorie. We do that. We lose weight. And then what happens? Inevitably we binge and we don't track and we eat whatever the fuck that we want. Usually somewhere around the lines of like three, 4,000 calories a day. It would not surprise me if some people get up to about 5,000 calories because highly processed and satiating foods, not satiating, highly processed and flavorsome foods like takeaway, you know what I'm talking about, processed foods. And then also the takeaways like the KFCs and the Maccas and the sugars and chips and all that shit. It has that taste to it. That's what I'm trying to say, but I'm saying it fucking poorly because it is a day. 
If that is what we are going to be doing, it's very easy to overconsume calories. That is quite possibly, quite possibly, that is one of the biggest reasons that people say stay away from processed foods. Because if you have processed foods, they're very easy to overconsume, which leads to you overconsuming calories. Yes, some of them can lead to, if you do them consistently, they can lead to gut issues. Majority of the time, though, when people say you need to be eating whole grains and food from the earth and this and that. Yeah, I agree. But we don't have to get super fucking spiritual with it and say like, hey, here's all these secret reasons as to why this processed food is fucking up your gut. Realistically, you can see a hell of a lot of health benefits by not having super processed foods because it takes away the overconsumption of calories that come from the processed foods. And when we replace it with foods like chicken breast or just anything homemade meals, we tend to do pretty fucking well. And we tend to stick to our calories and feel fuller and have higher protein. And of course, when we have higher protein, we always under eat carbs and fats when the protein is up. That is why every single diet out there is going to make sure that you have higher protein because it keeps you fuller for longer and it makes you not want to snack on other shit. Therefore, calories are going to be equated across the long run doing any single fucking diet. So that's that. That's that little tangent there for you. If we do 1200 calories a day and we go into that over restricting and then we inevitably burn out and we hit that binging cycle or over consuming, it's over restricting and over consuming. If we just get rid of the just sort of fucking algebraic equations, I hope I'm saying this right. I fucking sucked at math. If we just cross out the over restricting and the over bin over consuming. So we got rid of the over. We got rid of that first word there. We didn't over restrict. We just restricted. We didn't overconsumed, we just consumed. So it's taking it from zero to a hundred, like one end of the spectrum, zero is 1200 calories, the epitome of shit, the 42 hour water fasts, the 500 calories a day, that dumb shit is number zero on the spectrum. A hundred is 4,000, 5,000 calories a day going into a binge and doing all that shit. If we can close that gap and bring them a little closer together, so we get rid of the over-consuming and it goes from zero to, let's just say 30. I'm just going to use random numbers. It moves up the spectrum to about 30. Fantastic. So now we've still got this uh, 100 factor over here, which is the over-consumption. Well, good news is because we're not over-restricting now, it's at 30. And that means we have a lot more capacity. As long as these numbers equal 100, we're 100% fine. So if we... Go from zero and 100. Zero, that complete shit thing. I'm just saying this for me now, so I know where the fuck I'm at. Zero is over here on one end of the spectrum, and this is over-restricting 1,200 calories, the 48-hour water fasts, the dumb shit, 500 calories a day. The dumb shit that does not work long-term, but some people can say they do it because it turns into a lifestyle, but they end up fucking hating themselves and not being able to have a social life. But anyway, that's zero. And then on one end of the spectrum one end of the spectrum, it is 100. And that is the binge. That is the overconsumption. That is the three, four, 5,000 calories a day. But we don't know it's that much because we're not tracking. So if we cancel out the over restricting and the over consumption, and we bring them in a little bit closer, it goes from zero and hundred to let's just say 70, 30. These numbers have to equal 100. Let's just say that. So and the overall goal, as long as it equals 100, that's what we want because that's a healthy balance life. It's going to work. Unfortunately, we there are people that go zero to 100 and that doesn't really work that well because then we have to walk that distance between zero and 100. It takes a long fucking time to go from do 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 do. 
So if we take out over restricting and we bump it into 30, now we're still over here at 100 and we need to cancel that out. So we bring that over consumption down a little bit to about 70. So now where we're still restricting because we're trying to lose weight, you have to restrict if you want to lose weight because that's just how weight loss works. You have to be in an energy deficit. That's how it works. We have to restrict. The good thing is making sure that you don't feel restricted. That's the difference. That's the big difference between a lot of long-term changes, making sure you don't feel restricted and doing things to put in place so that when you start to feel a little bit shit, we move into a maintenance phase, have a diet break, chill out, and then get back into the deficit. That's where people see long-term life-changing results. So now we're at 30, 30 with the restricting, and we're still at 70 with the consumption. How do we close that gap? Well, instead of just saying 30 is like 1500 calories every single day of the week and getting every four weeks in or two weeks in or whatever it is and having a quote unquote cheat day, that's going to be 70. If we can close this gap and instead of saying 1500 calories until you burn out and then go and have a cheat day or a cheat weekend, we're going to close that gap even further and we're going to take the restriction to about, let's just say 50. I'm just going to go 50. Bring that to 50. So that means we're increasing the calories that we're consuming on a daily basis. Let's just say we're bringing it up to 1800. Then the other 50 from the other end of the spectrum is going to be coming in closer for let's eat 1800 calories. And then also chuck in two days there where we're at our maintenance calories, excuse me, where we're at our maintenance calories. If that's 2000, if it's 2200, whatever it could be. We have five days where we're in a conservative deficit and two days where we're at maintenance calories. How big do you think the emotional response is going to be if you're eating 1800 calories five days a week and then go to eating 2300 calories for two days a week? The emotional response from burnout is going to be fucking negligible. It's obviously going to change and dictate based on the stressful situations in life and the emotional responses that we're typically used to. And this is where people typically have the resistance of, I don't feel like I'm making progress, even though logically I can look at their spreadsheets, I can look at their weight loss, I can see everything they're doing and they're sleeping better, their mood is improved, there's no more emotional responses, they've gotten their period back, they are recovering from their workouts a hell of a lot better, they're losing weight. They're, they have the fucking cognitive function to operate at work now. A hundred boxes, they're improving in. Fan-fucking-tastic. But that hundredth box is weight loss. And because it doesn't line up with what they have done in the past of losing one, two kilos a week, they feel like they're not seeing quick enough results or that they're just not doing enough to see results. When if we look at the other 99 boxes that we typically ignore mental and emotional health, and also physical health, really. Literally 99 boxes that could be involved with your health, we fucking ignore them and go, awesome, this 100th box of weight loss is happening. And the pain in the ass thing is that's how a lot of people are wired. They focus on the last box, which is weight loss. And if you can focus on boxes one through 99, the 100th one takes care of itself. But we neglect the other 99 to focus on the one, which is weight loss, which at the end of the day, why do we want to lose weight? I want to be happier. And my camera has just died because the battery on this is fucking terrible. Yes, it's fucking bad. And it's terrible, but no one's going to tell him that. But anyway, 
Um, shout out to Tanil. Sorry that you won't have content from this one. Um, and I'll change that and do some other stuff later in the week. But anywho, now I've forgotten where I was. Good one, camera. Um, forgotten where I was. Anywho, the emotional response from balancing out your calories is going to be absolutely fuck all. And that's what we want. So if we can, oh, that's right, I was talking about the boxes. <laughs> so if we can focus on the first 99 boxes of health, the hundredth one takes care of itself. And we often neglect the first 99 boxes to make sure that the hundredth is done. And the stupid thing is, if we take care of the first 99, the hundredth will take care of itself. But if we take care of the hundredth and ignore the 99, the hundredth never actually fucking sticks or works and you never obtain it. It is the carrot stick. It is the, I want to get under 90 kilos. Fantastic. You're under 90 kilos. What do you want to do now? Oh yeah. Awesome. This is working. I want to get to 85. Awesome. Sweet. You're at 85. What do you want to do now? I'm feeling like shit, but I think I can push this for 80 kilos. You get to 82 kilos, burn out and go back to 104 as to where you were previously. And now every time that you want to lose weight, there is a, your brain is trying to predict how to lose weight because that's what you've done in the past. Losing weight, over-restricting, feel like shit, feel hungry, feel terrible. So now whenever you go into quote unquote, lose weight, you're going to feel terrible and you expect that. You expect to feel terrible. And when a lot of people sign up to the program and the first 99 boxes are taken care of and literally everything is improving, they look at the hundredth box and go, oh, I'm not losing weight as, as quick as I used to. I don't feel like shit. I don't feel hungry. I don't feel like I'm restricting. I'm doing all these things and it's all positive. It feels like it's not working. And then I look at their spreadsheet and everything in their emails and jump on a call with them and say, hey, there's literally evidence right here for the past 9, 10, 11, 12 weeks that tells me everything you're doing is working. So why does it feel like it's not working? Logically, it is. Emotionally, it doesn't feel like it. So let's bridge that gap and connect the emotions with the logic. Fantastic. Let's do that right now. Everything that you've done in the past, before I even get to that, (laughs) I need you all to know that right now, You are not... God, I need to get this fucking camera out of my face because it is annoying me now. Um, Fun fact, that's what I do when I film all this fun stuff is I need to make sure that everything is set up so that I can do some stuff. So give me one second. Okay, we are back. It is all sorting itself out. But anywho, the thing that I really want to get across to people as I start to just realize that none of this is actually where it should be. (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. So... The thing that I want to get across to a lot of people in this podcast is you are not, let me say it again because I lost my voice. My God, COVID is still ruining me all these weeks later. You are not living in reality. You are living in your perceived reality. So when we live in the perceived reality, Even though things like we could be losing weight, we could be doing everything right. And, you know, typical response from people when they're on the program, it doesn't feel like I'm doing enough when literally the hundred boxes, they're losing weight, sleeping better, menstrual cycle has come back, mental and emotional health are taken care of. They're fucking killing it at life. However, it doesn't feel like they're making results because of what they have done in the past. So their brain is going to go off fucking haywire and try and connect. Hey, uh, we're not hungry. Uh, 
we're sleeping pretty well. All of this is going, is like an act of defiance against what we have typically done to lose weight. And what we have done to typically lose weight is feel like shit. We don't feel like shit. Therefore, we feel like through our perceived reality that we are not losing weight and we are not seeing results. That is the fucked up thing about the industry and when people come on board with me. And that is the annoying thing to try and fix. Because in order to make that connection from emotions to logic, I need to get real fucking deep with the person and say, hey, here's what's going on. But generally speaking, you are not living in reality. You're living through your perceived reality based on your brain attempting to keep you safe. I had a call with a lady last night and she said, I don't do all of these things and they keep me stuck where I am. I know they would be amazing for me. I know that they would help me improve my life and get me to where I want to be. But for some reason, I just can't do it. We went through a whole fucking call and got to the deep root causes to, okay, this is what we're going to do, which is essentially for what she needed at that time was take action and break your state which was if you're sitting on the couch and you're spiraling mentally with anxious thoughts, do not go, okay, yeah, no, it's stupid. It's all out of my control. And that's it. Break your state, change your state. If you're sitting on the couch and you're thinking those things, get up, do something fucking stupid, like do 10 squats, do 10 pushups, walk a lap around your house while thinking, I can't control any of that. I'm just going to go do it. And when something pops up that you really want to do, don't think about it. I really want to do this, so I'm going to go do it. And then go do it, commit to it, and then you go, oh, my God. It's like whenever you buy fucking tickets tickets for, like, a music festival or something that is awesome. You just do it because you're like, oh, my God, I really want to go do that. And then you buy the tickets and then you do it. And then it's like, oh, my God, I've bought them. Fuck, I'm going to have to take time off work. What am I going to wear? How am I going to get there? And then we start figuring out the plan. But you've committed to going to that thing that you really fucking love and that you wanted to do. And all you did was take action and you just went, boom, committed. And now we're figuring out how it's going to work because you've committed to it. If we can take that same thought process of buying music tickets to life and just go do and commit the thing that you want to go do, at least that way, we're not going to be thinking about it in 5, 10, 15 years and being like, oh, fuck yeah, I wish I'd done that. I wish I was more proactive. I wish I was more involved and did this and did that. Because our perceived reality is trying to predict what is going to happen if we go and do a particular task based on what we have done in the past. So it's going to try and predict it based on what has happened in the past. That's your perceived reality. So even though logically we can say, I want to go do these things that are going to be better for me, that are going to do this and this and this and improve my life like this. And if I do that, yeah, realistically, I will change my life. But I just can't do it cool. So when we get to that, but I just can't do it, know that you are not making a decision based on reality because reality is, it's going to be amazing for you. So you should go do it. So I'm going to go do it. That's reality. It's just matter of fact. That's how it happens. Perceived reality is based on past experiences. Whenever I've done something out of my comfort zone, I've felt uncomfortable. Fucking obviously. How do we get to that? We as best we can, this is what happened for me, was I just did, I just took action. I was just like, fuck it. What is the worst case situation if I do this thing? I'll probably feel like a bit of an idiot and get embarrassed. Okay, cool. What is the best case situation? I'm not depressed anymore. I get off my medications. I start working out. I start looking better and feeling better. 
So you're telling me the worst case situation is you feeling like a little bit of an idiot temporarily. And the best case situation is you changing your life for the next 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah. Can you see the big giant fucking discrepancy between those best case and worst case scenarios? Yeah. Cool. So let's lean into what if in a positive aspect and go and do that. The reason I'm telling you all of this is because when we're caught in that binge and restrict cycle, we're thinking about, oh my God, I have to go do all these things that I've done in the past and feel like that, that I have done in the past in order to get something that I've gotten in the past. This is why I always say, if you keep doing the exact same shit that you have done for the rest of your life, you're going to keep getting the exact same results and shit, wow, and shit things that you've gotten for your entire life. If you want to change something, you have to change something. It's, it's that simple. I just, I want to do this. Boom. It's done. If it's a financial issue, banks are fucking giving out money left, right, and center for the dumbest fucking things in the world. I'm sure there's parents or friends or you know, fucking other family members or whatever that can help like get some sort of money together for you to afford a $16 a week gym membership. Or maybe there's some shit lying around your house that you can garage sale and be like, hey, I made 500 bucks. That's a year of a 24-7 gym membership paid in full. Probably. I don't know what fucking gym you go to, but <laughs> on average. So that could be working. There's always ways to make things work. But please, for the love of God, do not make a decision based on your perceived reality of shit that hasn't worked in the past and thinking that this time is going to be different or leaning into the things that have happened in the past in order to get a result that you've previously gotten. Example, do not do 1200 calorie deficits. Do not do 1200 calorie diets because that's what you're used to. And that's what you know, because a shit circumstance that we know in terms of our brain is always going to be safer than doing something that is going to be better for us than we don't know. And then we get to the question of, If what I know is so fucking miserable and I hate being here, how do I get out of that? Oh, well, I'm going to go do the unknown because what I know feels like shit. So does the unknown have the potential to be better than what I currently know? Yes. Go do it. That's what we do. So it's going to be a lot better for us if we can bring in that emotional state to make those decisions. You cannot make quality decisions if you're hangry as fuck. Bring the 12, bring the fucking deficit, whatever it is, bring that pendulum of zero and a hundred of over restricting and binging because they typically equal 100 anyway. And they typically balance out over four, eight, 12, 16, 20 weeks, whatever it's going to be. The amount of calories that you have consumed is more than likely going to balance out. But when we have that binge, we tend to over consume because we can't under consume in typical ways without it being incredibly noticeable. It's a lot easier to overconsume without it, without it being noticed. So, I hope that made sense. Bring the calories up. Feel free to go to maintenance days. And for the love of God, you will not put on weight in a maintenance phase because it is quite literally named a maintenance phase, which means you're going to maintain. You're going to maintain weight. You cannot put on heaps of weight going from a calorie deficit to a maintenance phase. Because if you're currently losing weight, you're going to need to add heaps of calories, usually about 500 on average, to get to the point of maintenance. 
And that's what we want. You're not going to put on weight there. You can only put on weight in a calorie surplus. Or if you scull like 10 liters of water, but I wouldn't recommend that. And then you hold all that and then it's like, oh, cool. But then that'll usually go down in like a day. Temporary. You will not put on fat in a maintenance phase. Anywho, hope that helps. Hope you're feeling awesome. Have a quality day and I'll speak to you all soon.